Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the Haven, which is located in Hythe, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're here with the Bhai Das Brahmachari, who's just served us a meal that was out of this world. Barely can talk, but we'll try better. And with Chai Sri, Devi Dasi from Hong Kong is here visiting still on good fortune. Tomorrow she's going to cook Chinese. Hare Krishna. Mm. All right. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami. In five verses, he really glorifies the Bhagavatam and tells it like it is why it has such a profound effect on us. <clears throat> it goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvandotita Aditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of Prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna himself. Mareka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamad bhagya mad anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhu tadayin atini chochata kada hanamun chagadachin mam premna ritkanta yokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we reached the 31st chapter of the 3rd canto of Srimad Bhagavatam Lord Kapila's instructions on the movements of a living entity. And we're beginning with text 44. In this way, the living entity gets a suitable body with a material mind and senses according to his fruitive activities. When the reaction of his particular activity comes to an end, that end is called death. And when a particular type of reaction begins, that beginning is called birth. Purport From time immemorial, the living entity travels in the different species of life and the different planets almost perpetually. This process is explained in Bhagavad Gita. Brahmayan Sarvabhutani Yantrarudani Mayaya. Under the spell of Maya, everyone is wandering 
throughout the universe on the carriage of the body offered by the material energy. Materialistic life involves a series of actions and reactions. It is a long film spool of actions and reactions, and one lifespan is just a flash in such a reactionary show. When a child is born, it is to be understood that his particular type of body is the beginning of another set of activities. And when an old man dies, it is to be understood that one set of reactionary activities is finished. We can see that because of different reactionary activities, one man is, one man is born in a rich family and another is born in a poor family, although both of them are born in the same place, at the same moment, and in the same atmosphere. One who is carrying pious activity with him is given a chance to take his birth in a rich or pious family, and one who is carrying impious activity is given a chance to take birth in a lower, poor family. The change of body means a change to a different field of activities. Similarly, when the body of the boy changes into that of a youth, the boyish activities change into youthful activities. It is clear that a particular body is given to the living entity for a particular type of activity. This process is going on perpetually from a time which is impossible to trace out. Vaishnava poets say, therefore, anadi karma phale, which means that these actions and reactions of one's activities cannot be traced, for they may be even continue from the last millennium of Brahma's birth to the next millennium. We have seen the example in the life of Narada Muni. In one millennium, he was the son of a maidservant, and in the next millennium, he became a great sage. Text 45 and 46. When the eyes lose their power to see color or form due to morbid affliction of the optic nerve, the sense of sight becomes deadened. The living entity, who is the seer of both the eyes and the sight, loses his power of vision. In the same way, when the physical body, the place where the perception of objects occurs, is rendered incapable of perceiving, that is known as death. When one begins to view the physical body as one's very self, that is called birth. Purport. When one says, I see, this means that he sees with his eyes or with his spectacles. He sees with the instrument of sight. If the instrument of sight is broken or becomes diseased or incapable of acting, then he, as the seer, also ceases to act. Similarly, in this material body, at the present moment, the living soul is acting, and when the material body, due to its incapability to function, ceases, he also ceases to perform his reactionary activities. When one's instrument of action is broken and cannot function, that is called death. Again, when one gets a new instrument for action, that is called birth. The process of birth and death is going on at every moment by constant bodily change. The final change is called death and acceptance of a new body is called birth. That is the solution to the question of birth and death. Actually, the living entity has neither birth nor death but is eternal. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Nahanyate Hanyamane Sharire. The living entity never dies, even after the death or annihilation of this material body. Text 47. Therefore, one should not view death 
with horror, nor have recourse to defining the body as soul, nor give way to exaggeration in enjoying the bodily necessities of life, realizing the true nature of the living entity, one should move about in the world free from attachment and steadfast in purpose. Purport <clears throat> A sane person who has understood the philosophy of life and death is very upset upon hearing of the horrible hellish condition of life in the womb of the mother or outside of the mother. But one has to make a solution to the problems of life. A sane man should understand the miserable condition of this material body. Without being unnecessarily upset, he should try to find out if there is a remedy. The remedial measures can be understood when one associates with persons who are liberated. It must be understood who is actually liberated. The liberated person is described in Bhagavad Gita, one who engages in uninterrupted devotional service to the Lord, having surpassed the stringent laws of material nature, is understood to be situated in Brahman. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is beyond the material creation. It is admitted, even by impersonalists like Shankaracharya, that Narayana is transcendental to this material creation. As such, when one actually engages in the service of the Lord in various forms, either Narayana or Radha, Krishna or Sita, Ram, he is understood to be on the platform of liberation. The Bhagavatam also confirms that liberation means to be situated in one's constitutional position. Since a living entity is eternally the servitor of the Supreme Lord, when one seriously and sincerely engages in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, he is situated in the position of liberation. One should try to associate with a liberated person. And then the problems of, problems of life, namely birth and death, can be solved. While discharging devotional service in full Krishna consciousness, one should not be miserly. He should not unnecessarily show that he has renounced this world. Actually, renunciation is not possible. If one renounces his palatial building and goes to a forest, there is actually no renunciation, for the palatial building is the property of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the forest is also the property of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If he changes from one property to another, that does not mean that he renounces. He was never the proprietor of either the palace or the forest. Renunciation necessitates renouncing the false understanding that one can lord it over material nature. When one renounces this false attitude and renounces the puffed-up position that he is also God, that is real renunciation. Otherwise, there is no meaning of renunciation. Rupa Goswami advises that if one renounces anything which could be applied in the service of the Lord, and does not use it for that purpose, that is called palgu bhairagya, insufficient or false renunciation. Everything belongs to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, everything can be engaged in the service of the Lord. Nothing should be used for one's sense gratification. That is real renunciation nor should one unnecessarily increase the necessities of the body. One should be satisfied with whatever is offered and supplied by Krishna without much personal endeavor. We should spend our time executing devotional service in Krishna consciousness. That is the solution to the problem of life and death. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
text 48. <clears throat> Endowed with right vision and strengthened by devotional service and a pessimistic attitude towards material identity, one should relegate his body to this illusory world through his reason. Thus one can be unconcerned with this material world. Purport. <clears throat> it is sometimes misunderstood that if one has to associate with persons engaged in devotional service, he will not be able to solve the economic problem. To answer this argument, it is described here that one has to associate with liberated persons, not directly, physically, but by understanding, through philosophy and logic, the problems of life. It is stated here, samyak darshanaya buddhya. One has to see perfectly and by intelligence and yogic practice, one has to renounce this world. That renunciation can be achieved by the process recommended in the second chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. The devotee's intelligence is always in touch with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. His attitude towards the material existence is one of detachment, for he knows perfectly well that this material world is a creation of illusory energy. Realizing himself to be part and parcel of the Supreme Soul, the devotee discharges his devotional service and is completely aloof from material action and reaction. Thus, at the end, he gives up his material body or the material energy and as, a pure, and as pure soul, he enters the kingdom of God. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the third canto, 31st chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Lord Kapila's Instructions on the Movements of the Living Entities. All glories to Lord Kapila Dev, all glories to the science of Sankhya philosophy, and all glories to the culmination of Sankhya, pure devotional service to the Lord, Hare Krishna. Okay, here we go. Chapter 32 <clears throat> Entanglement in Fruitive Activities Text 1 The Personality of Godhead said, <clears throat> The person who lives in the center of household life derives material benefits by performing religious rituals and thereby he fulfills his desire for economic development and sense gratification. Again and again, he acts the same way. Purport. There are two kinds of householders. One is called the Grihamedi and the other is called the Grihasta. The objective of the Grihamedi is sense gratification and the objective of the Grihasta is self-realization. Here the Lord is speaking about the Grihamedi, or the person who wants to remain in this material world. His activity to enjoy material benefits by performing religious rituals for economic development and thereby ultimately satisfy the senses. He does not want anything more. Such a person works very hard throughout his life to become very rich and eat very nicely and drink. By giving some charity for pious activity, he can go to a higher planetary atmosphere in the heavenly planets in his next life. But he does not want to stop the repetition of birth and death and finish with the concomitant miserable factors of material existence. Such a person is called a Grihamedi. 
A grihasta is a person who lives with family, wife, children, and relatives, but has no attachment for them. He prefers to live in family life rather than as a, rather than as a mendicant or sannyasi, but his chief aim is to achieve self-realization and to come to the standard of Krishna consciousness. Here, however, Lord Kapiladeva is speaking about the Griyamedis, who have made their aim the materialistic prosperous life, which they achieve by sacrificial ceremonies, by charities, and by good work. They are posted in good positions, and since they know that they are using up their assets of pious activities, they again and again perform activities of sense gratification. It is said by Prahlad Maharaj, Punak Punas Charvita Charvananam. They prefer to chew the already chewed. Again and again, they experience the material pangs, even if they are rich and prosperous, but they do not want to give up this kind of life. Text 2 Such persons are ever bereft of devotional service due to being too attached to sense gratification. And therefore, although they perform various kinds of sacrifices and take great vows to satisfy the demigods and forefathers, they are not interested in Krishna, conscious, devo Krishna consciousness, devotional service. Purport In Bhagavad Gita 7.20 it is said that persons who worship demigods have lost their intelligence. Kamais taistaya ritagyana. They are much attracted to sense gratification and therefore they worship the demigods. It is of course recommended in the Vedic, in the Vedic scriptures that if one wants money, health or education, then he should worship the, the various demigods. A materialistic person has many, many, manifold demands and thus there are manifold demigods to satisfy his senses. The Grihamedes, who want to continue a prosperous materialistic way of life, generally worship the demigods or the forefathers by offering pinda or respectful oblations. Such persons are bereft of Krishna consciousness and are not interested in devotional service to the Lord. This kind of so-called pious and religious man is the result of impersonalism. The impersonalists maintain that the Supreme Absolute Truth has no form and that one can imagine any form he likes for his benefit and worship in that way. Therefore, the Griyamedes, or materialistic men, say that they can worship any form of a demigod as worship of the Supreme Lord. Especially amongst the Hindus, those who are meat-eaters prefer to worship goddess Kali because it is prescribed that one can sacrifice a goat before that goddess. They maintain that whether one worships the goddess Kali or the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu or any demigod, the destination is the same. This is first class rascaldom, and such people are misled. But they prefer this philosophy. Bhagavad Gita does not accept such rascaldom, and it is clearly stated that such methods are meant for persons who have lost their intelligence. The same judgment is confirmed here, and the word kama mudha meaning one who has lost his sense or is infatuated by the lust of attraction for sense gratification is used. Kama mudhas are bereft of Krishna consciousness and devotional service and are infatuated by a strong desire for sense gratification. The worshippers of demigods are condemned both in Bhagavad Gita and in Srimad Bhagavatam. Text 
Such materialistic persons, attracted by sense gratification and devoted to the forefathers and demigods, can be elevated to the moon, where they drink an, ec an extract of the soma plant. They again return to this planet. Purport. The moon is considered one of the planets <clears throat> of the heavenly kingdom. One can be promoted to this planet by executing different sacrifices mentioned in the Vedic literature, such as pious activities and worshipping the demigods and forefathers with rigidity and vows. But one cannot remain there for a very long time. Life in the moon is said to last 10,000 years according to the calculation of the demigods. The demigods' time is calculated in such a way that one day, 12 hours, is equal to six months on this planet. It is not possible to reach the moon by any material vehicle like a Sputnik, but persons who are attracted by material enjoyment can go to the moon by pious activities. In spite of being promoted to the moon, however, one has to come back to this earth again when the merits of his works in sacrifice are finished. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 9.21 Tetang Bhuktva Swargalokam Bishalam Chine Punye Martyalokam Bishanti Text 4 All the planets of the materialistic persons, including all the heavenly planets, such as the moon, are vanquished when the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, goes to his bed of serpents, which is known as Shesha, Ananta Shesha. Purport The materially attached are very eager to promote themselves to the heavenly planets, such as the moon. There are many heavenly planets to which they aspire just to achieve more and more material happiness by getting a long duration of life and the paraphernalia for sense enjoyment. But the attached persons do not know that even if one goes to the highest planet, Brahmaloka, destruction exists there also. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, that one can, go, one can even go to the Brahmaloka, but still he will find the pangs of birth, death, disease, and old age. Only by approaching the Lord's abode, the Vaikuntha Loka, does one not take birth again in this material world. The Grihamedes, or materialistic persons, however, do not like to use this advantage. They would prefer to transmigrate perpetually from one body to another, or from one planet to another. They do not want the eternal, blissful life in knowledge in the kingdom of God. There are two kinds of dissolutions. One dissolution takes place at the end of the life of Brahma. At that time, all the planetary systems, including the heavenly systems, are dissolved in water and enter into the body of Garbhodakashai Vishnu, who lies on the Garbhodaka ocean, on the bed of serpents, called Shesha. In the other dissolution, which occurs at the end of Brahma's day, all the lower planetary systems are destroyed. When Lord Brahma rises after his night, these lower planetary systems are again created. The statement in Bhagavad Gita that persons who worship the demigods have lost their intelligence is confirmed in this verse. These less intelligent persons do not know that even if they are promoted to the heavenly planets at the time of dissolution, they themselves, the demigods, and all, and all their planets will be annihilated. They have no information that eternal blissful life can be attained. Text 5 Those who are intelligent and are of purified consciousness 
are completely satisfied in Krishna consciousness. Freed from the modes of material nature, they do not act for sense gratification. Rather, since they are situated in their own occupational duties, they act as one is expected to act. Purport The first class example of this type of man is Arjuna. Arjuna was a Kshatriya and his occupational duty was to fight. Generally, kings fight to extend their kingdoms, which they rule for sense gratification. But as far as Arjuna is concerned, he declined to fight for his own sense gratification. He said that although he could get a kingdom by fighting with his relatives, he did not want to fight with them. But when he was ordered by Krishna and convinced by the teachings of Bhagavad Gita that his duty was to satisfy Krishna, then he fought. Thus he fought, not for his sense gratification, but for the satisfa satisfaction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Persons who work at their prescribed duties, not for sense gratification, but for gratification of the Supreme Lord, are called Nisanga, freed from the influence of the modes of material nature. Nyasta Karmana indicates that the results of their activities are given to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such persons appear to be acting on the platform of their respective duties, but such activities are not performed for personal sense gratification. Rather, they are performed for the Supreme Person. Such devotees are called prashanta, which means completely satisfied. Shuddha Chetasa means Krishna conscious. Their consciousness has become purified. In unpurified consciousness, one thinks of himself as the Lord of the universe. But in purified consciousness, one thinks himself the eternal servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Putting oneself in that position of eternal servitorship to the Supreme Lord and working for Him perpetually, one actually becomes completely satisfied. As long as one works for his personal sense gratification, he will always be full of anxiety. That is the difference between ordinary consciousness and Krishna consciousness. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāi. So that brings us to almost 8 o'clock. Hare Krishna. Very quickly it passes. And we will start tomorrow at text 6, chapter 32. And we will patiently wait for the reflections of the devotees to what they've just heard. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jai Shri has something to say. Hare Krishna. Um, when I was reading the, the, the text 48 from last chapter, um, it said one has to associate with liberated persons, not directly, physically, but by understanding through philosophy and logic the, prob the problems of life. I immediately recall Srila Prabhupada mm. as our perfect example. I mean, we have to we, are, we always have the feeling that we are associating with him closely mm. uh, through the books, his philosophy, his teaching, but not physically. We don't mm. have the opportunity to mm. associate with him physically, mm. but we still um, we still have the feeling that we're being close to Shila Power because through the books and his mm -hmm. teachings, and just like the Vani is more important than the Vapo. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But we also 
associate with those devotees who worship yes. with Srila Prabhupada and ex can explain the books, you know, because everyone needs to associate, yeah. you know. Uh, so yes, but but the real association comes from understanding. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, there's a sentence in the beginning of the verse, Nahi Gyanena Sadrisham. I believe it's in the uh, fourth chapter. Anyway, the first uh, sentence of that purport, Srila Prabhupada says, when we talk of spiritual knowledge, we do so in terms of spiritual understanding. Mm -hmm. So, knowledge isn't information content, isn't just knowing who said what, when, and what happened through the Bhagavatam, but it's the understanding that the Bhagavatam is trying to impart and us taking that understanding into our consciousness and seeing through the eyes of that knowledge. Then we're associating with Krishna, actually. What to speak of the spiritual master? What to speak of liberated souls? We're associating directly with Krishna. Proper understanding of this philosophy is none different than associating with Krishna. Chanting of the holy name is none different than associating with Krishna. Taking Krishna prasadam is none different than associating with Krishna. You know, and understanding this philosophy is also none different than Krishna. Everything that is connected directly with Krishna is none different than Krishna. That doesn't mean that we can just wor worship anything. You know or learn anything and and think that we're worshipping Krishna or associating with Krishna. It, it's for Krishna's satisfaction. So the understanding has to be given by Krishna. Therefore, yomam evam asamudo janati purushottama sasarva vidvajantimam sarva bhavana bharata The person, the devotee, who accepts Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead without doubting becomes the knower of everything. And therefore there's full satisfaction. Hare Krishna, thank you. That was nice. That was a nice reflection. <coughs> okay, first is from Rati Mandrari. Yes, Rati. Hari Bowl. Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai Rati Manjari. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Ho Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Jai Ho to you, Gopakanya. Thank you for your daily reading service. All glories to Sri Prabhupada and Sri Bhagavatam. Cheers to all hearers. Cheers. <laughs> And from Vrajbalaba? Yes, Vrajbalaba. Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. This is a great point. Real renunciation means renouncing the idea that I am the owner, yet falsely renouncing what can be used for Krishna shows we should not have some concocted idea about who we are. Yes. One other comment. The pessimistic attitude towards materialism often comes from a beat-down, compliments of Maya. <laughs> I like the way you phrase things, Braj. It's very nice. And the, the, the point that stuck out in my mind on this first point you made is that, you know, a person leaves a big palace or a big city or whatever to the forest and he thinks he's renouncing. But he doesn't realize that the palace and the city belongs to Krishna, and the forest also belongs to Krishna. So what is he renouncing? Neither belong to him in the first place. This is illusion. This is, this is illusion. So if real renunciation means to be detached from the fruits of our activities and to give our service for the pleasure of Krishna. No matter who we are, no matter where we are, that is liberation that is the liberated position 
Hare Krishna. From Bhakta Christopher. Yes, Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. All glories to another chapter. Yes. There's only there's only two more chapters in this third canto, and then we're moving on to the fourth canto. It's exciting, isn't it? Going through the Bhagavatam, canto after canto, cover to cover. This is extremely pleasing to Srila Prabhupada because he worked hard to, to do these books. And he wants us to read them like this, just the way we're reading them. Hare Krishna. From Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Yes, Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading of Granta Srimad Bhagavatam. By reading Srila Prabhupada's purports, all these scriptures become understandable. Otherwise, without his purport mm. and without reading with you, I can't understand these transcendental scriptures at all. So thank you so much. Prabhupada many times said that the purports are more important actually than the verses. Not that the verses are not important, but the purport is more important because you can't understand the verses without mm. the purports. That's a fact. Today I heard that, quote, realizing himself to be part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, the devotee discharges his devotional service and is completely aloof from material action and reaction. Thus, at the end, he gives up his material body or the material energy, and as pure soul, he enters the kingdom of God. Unquote. I thought this devotional service is the only hope in my life. Yesterday, two Bhagavad Gita distributed during lunch break and received do nice donations, and they welcomed Bhagavad Gita. One was a university student. Mm -hmm. Although one of his friends was laughing and trying to make a joke, but the student who received Gita was serious to receive Gita. Mm -hmm. He read out loud 6.30 and said, Yes, this is nice. Om Tat Sat. Hare Krishna. Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Anandamurti. This is the perfect example of a Grihasta, not a Grihamedi. Hare Krishna. From Dayanitai. Yes, Dayanitai. Dear Sri the Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisance. Hare Krishna. Thank you for tonight's reading. As a reflection, I thought that Srila Prabhupada's writing, quote, we should spend our time executing devotional service in Krishna consciousness. That is the solution to the problem of life and death. Unquote. Srimad Bhagavatam 331.47 purport. Hmm. Pretty much sums up the conclusion to life's many uncertainties and challenges. Your servant, Dayanita. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. You know, and when we say that, you know, if you accept Krishna without doubt as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that you're the knower of everything, it doesn't mean that you know everything like Krishna knows everything. You know everything in the sense that Krishna is the source of everything. And, and if you want to, to find out something, you can find out from Krishna. And he has the perfect knowledge. Therefore, you know everything Hare Krishna and from Daitari Hari yes Daitari Hari Hare Krishna Maharaj please accept my humble obeisances all glories to Srila Prabhupada Jai Hari Bo the purport for text 3147 was really good we should all be aware of the problems of life and with if we think about those problems clearly we should naturally very uncomfortable feel very uncomfortable about them, but should seek out liberated persons in Krishna consciousness and try to associate with them properly 
to understand the solutions to our problems. Thanks for giving us your association. I also wanted to ask about the statement Prabhupada makes. Quote, when a child is born, it is understood that his particular type of body is the beginning of another set of activities. And when an old man dies, it is to be understood that one set of reactionary activities is finished. Unquote. In light of Maharaj Nirga, who was destined to live as a lizard for one life before being able to enjoy the results of his pious activities. Does the above statement mean that each body we get, while still conditioned, is a specifically designed and predetermined karmic package, meant to deliver us precise reactions that we do, to burn off that karma, and when burnt off, the next body we receive will most likely be very different, and given to us in response to an entirely different set of activities that we performed, either pious or sinful. Exactly. That's a very nice definition, actually, of the of law of karma. It, the word you used is is the perfect word, package. Because when the when the material creation is dissolved, like it's described when we just heard, one of them is a complete dissolution. That's when Lord Brahma also dies. Then the whole cosmic manifestation becomes absorbed in water, dissolved by water, and then merges back into the body of Garbhadagashaya Vishnu and then back into the body of Mahavishnu. So what goes into the body is the soul and the package of his unfulfilled material desires. So it's, it's not the same as the soul, but it's a subtle covering of the soul, or the subtle body of the soul, which, is, which contains the unfulfilled desires in his, from his previous birth, whether it be in the last birth while, he's, while we're still in the cosmic manifestation, or whether it's from a, a different uh, birth in a different millennium. And that, and every soul is put in a different, this particular body, according to that package. And Prabhupada, Gopi Pranadam abuses the, the example when you go on a parikrama. You know, everybody gets on a bus, and they have their, you know, their their uh, bucket for taking a bath, and they put their name on the bucket, and they tie it to their to their, you know, leg, luggage, and then they take it away and they leave it at the next place. And then you go to the next place, you find your bucket and your things, and you settle in for the night, and then the same thing happens the next day. It's the same thing, exactly. The karmic reactions from your that, that, that have built up from your previous life, resulting in unfulfilled desires, is like a package that follows you wherever you go, as long as you're still in the material world. Hare Krishna. And this explains why everybody's different. There's no other reasonable and logical explanation for why one person is born in a very elevated situation and another person is born without having done anything in this life. There's no other reasonable explanation that there must have been previous activity. Hare Krishna. And from Subarao? Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. Two things stood out for me in today's readings. One, Purport 331.47, quote, Actually, renun renunciation is not possible. If one renounces his palatial building and goes to a forest, there is actually no renunciation, for the palatial building is the property of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the forest is also the property of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If he changes from one property to another, that does not mean that he renounces. He was never the proprietor of either the palace or the forest. Renunciation necessitates renouncing the false understanding 
that one can lord it over material nature. When one renounces this false attitude and renounces the puffed up position that he is also God, that is re real renunciation. Otherwise, there is no meaning of renunciation. Unquote. And the second one, 331.48. It is described here that one has to associate with liberated persons, not directly, physically, but by understanding through philosophy and logic. I can't bother the problems of life. Mm. That renunciation can be achieved by the process recommended in the second chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, Divinity and Divine Service. Thank you very much for reminding us of those essential uh, statements. These are like jewels. You know, each one of these ideas are like jewels. And we have to mine these jewels, look at them, appreciate them, see them from different angles of vision as we do. Very nice. Thank you, Subhavao. He says, dry ho to your daily readings and thanks for giving the association of three the Sri the Prabhupada through the readings and realizations. Hare Krishna, that's my goal in life. Thank Gyan, you. Gyan and Vigyan. Hare Krishna, thank you. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. Thank you for your faithful readings day after day. These days I am very busy in various services and my work as well and the summer heat is aggravating my vata, chaotic nature. <laughs> my association with your transcendental readings is my daily anchor and lifeline to Krishna consciousness. I thank you for your saving grace, always pointing the way home. Hare Krishna, thank you very much, Radha. You're always very encouraging, so the feeling is mutual. Haribo. Thank you very much. So here we are again, home. After we hear the Bhagavatam and discuss the Bhagavatam, whatever we did during the day that was of, it's just like Radhakeith pointing out, it's a, it's a lifesaver actually. It's a real lifesaver. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda bhakta vinda ki jai. Gaur premanandi hari hari See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic. Kapila Dev's instructions on life in the material world. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.